When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Baltimore has now taken the lead. The Orioles 3-2 over the Jays' top of the sixth. Uh, Orioles scored on a fielding error as the Jays are leaking oil once again, trying to climb back into a wildcard spot in the American League. Edmonton Elks getting set for their game in Ottawa on Friday. A game you can hear right here on 630. Chad, 3.30 for countdown to kickoff with Brendan Escott, Blake Dermott, and Morley Scott, myself, will have the call. Elks and Red Blacks from TD Place in Ottawa at 5 o'clock. As far as the injury report is concerned for the Elks, uh, looks like they're going to get a special teamer back in Mike Dubison, who's a uh, linebacker slash defensive back. And as far as that's concerned, just a couple depth players uh, they may not have available. Jamin Pelly on the defensive line missed practice today because of a personal matter. So we'll see if he's back tomorrow. And uh, also Keyshawn Lucier South, who's another reserve D lineman, left practice early today after hurting his ankle. So we'll see what happens. As far as the Red Blacks are concerned, yeah, there's a there's some concern about Darvin Adams and there's concern about William Powell on offense. And I believe both the both players did not practice today. Uh, no, they did not. Uh, actually. Darvin Adams did practice today. RJ Harris did not. He's one of their veteran receivers. So a bit of concern. And it uh, looks like uh, Caleb Evans at this point will get the start. Maybe we will see Nick Arbuckle at some point. Uh, the World Juniors tomorrow, Canada will play Switzerland in one of four quarterfinals. And uh, we know the great job that uh, Brianna Carson Smith does for us, uh, for Global and for all of our core stations here. But there's another Carson Smith in town, and her name is Gemma. And she's a fine sports writer for the Canadian Press, and she joins us now for the first time on Inside Sports. And I'm excited about this. Gemma, welcome to Inside Sports. Welcome back to Edmonton. Thank you so much. That is my favorite introduction I've ever had. Well, it, it's great to have both Karsten Smith sisters in the same city. Now, now, give me the background. Are you from here, or is Edmonton, you know, is 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 it is it home away from home kind of thing? <laughs> we are from here. Uh, there are actually three Karsten Smith sisters. Only uh, the the baby of the family is smart enough to uh, not be in media. Uh, she chose law and uh, is is obviously much smarter than the the other two of us combined. Uh, they have both come back to Edmonton over the years and, and made their lives here. And I uh, reside out on the on the best coast, but uh, come back whenever whenever I possibly can. And uh, this time around, work sent me out here to cover the World Juniors, and it's been uh, interesting so far. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that. But and, and before we talk about how interesting that has been, uh, you and I talked about uh, about this subject uh, when we were waiting for the Edmonton Elks at the uh, at the at the hotel that they were staying at in Vancouver the night before the uh, the Lions game and uh, Lions Elks game. I had no idea it was going to end up that way. I don't know if you did either, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, yeah, like you, you said, you were looking forward to it going back, going back to Edmonton. Like, like th- this has got to be. I mean, you're busy, but 
the chance to come home has got to be awesome. The chance to come home is always awesome. Um, I'm really lucky that uh, I get to bring my kid with me. Uh, she's two and a half, and so she gets some special grandparent time in. Uh, my husband joined us today, so we're we're uh, a hybrid. They're having a family vacation, and I'm working. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I know the feeling whenever I bring my family on the road. I'm I'm the one working, and they're the one having yeah. fun. And I try and have fun whenever I can. So, yeah, I totally understand that. Now, did you have the Carson Smith sisters have a, a, a sporting background or athletic background? Um, no, no. <laughs> um, okay. no, we, we all played, uh, or we all, and by we all, I mean, Brianna and I played sports, uh, until about high school. Um, <clears throat> that was about as uh, far as we got. <laughs> but, uh, when I, I, I started my journalism career in news and when there was a chance to jump into the sports side, I, 100% uh, jumped on it because it is way more fun. Um, my job now is the coolest job in the world. I love it so much. And it means I get to uh, chat with folks like you about cool stuff like hockey. Yeah, no question. And, and you got to go, you got to do some cool things. Did you not go to the NHL draft in Montreal? I did. I went to the NHL draft in Montreal. Um, before that, I was out here in uh, late April, early May to cover the first round of the Oilers King series. Um, right. I also got to go down to LA for that. Like my, I, it's hard to say that I work really hard because uh, even when I'm working hard, it's a total dream. <laughs> well, that was cool. You were here for the playoffs, and I'm sure uh, you must have been here for Game Seven, which was such an electric atmosphere at Rogers. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I, I, it's so strange to think that that is the same building that we're now watching the World Juniors in because it was so loud and so packed. Um, and just the entire ice district was so um, electric, um, and it's pretty uh, ghost town like these days. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll start there, and you know, we'll we'll talk about Canada's performance, and they're playing Switzerland tomorrow in the quarterfinals. But you know, Hockey Canada came out today, and they said the average attendance was thirteen hundred uh, in in the in the first uh, portion of the tournament, which was the preliminary round, ended last night with Sweden and Germany. Uh, they played after Canada played uh, Finland. Of course, Canada winning that game 6-3. Uh, now, how many people were at that game last night is for uh, for Canada-Finland? Uh, do, you, Five, do you remember? Do you know? Yeah, 5,204. It was the uh, biggest draw so far of the tournament. I expect we'll see that top tomorrow night. Uh, Canada's attendance has steadily climbed through the tournament. The first game was 2,779, and it's gone up um, from there. The last two games were just over 5,000. So, um, yeah. we're seeing it pick up a little, you're, you're hearing it pick up a little, and that's nice. It's because these kids are already in such a strange scenario, playing in August, playing with the specter of, of these in, incredibly awful scandals han, hanging over them. Um, so to see some fans get behind them, um, I know a lot of them have friends and family in town. It's really, it's good to see them getting some support because their, their on ice product is pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and you know, Hockey Canada also brought up what you mentioned is this. You know, obviously the they feel the the you know the 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 black cloud of the sexual assault allegations are hanging over this tournament, and it, it is also an August tournament when it shouldn't be an August tournament. I mean, we mm -hmm. we know why it's here, and the original tournament was postponed or canceled, I guess, or I don't know what you call it, just wiped out <laughs> because of the, the Omicron variant, and every every team was getting sick, and there was no way they could finish the tournament, but. Um, is it, 
is it a strange vibe when you're in the building? Like, does it feel, you know, I mean, obviously we talked about the August, the August uh, factor, which is mm-hmm. you know, it's so stinking hot out there. Then you're going to go watch hockey. It's just, it just doesn't really go together, but you know, that, that black cloud hovering over hockey Canada. I mean, it's kind of hard not to notice it or, or is it easy kind of to, to tuck it away at some point? The strange thing that I've noticed is that we don't see, um, executives. Uh, I haven't seen anyone from the Hockey Canada board around the rink thus far. And it, it, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that there are people there. It's just I haven't seen them. And that's um, very different from other tournaments I've been at, um, other events, Hockey Canada events I've been at. Um, they're usually much more of a presence, and that's just not the case this time around. Um, speaking to the players, they say that they don't, most of them say that they don't feel like they're um like it's really impacting them very much they had they went through a sexual assault seminar um during training camp um they feel that they have the support of hockey canada and that hockey canada is is trying to much well there are guys who say that they do feel like they're under the microscope but they feel like they're under the microscope as hockey players not particularly because of what's happened. They just know that there are people who look up to them and who are going to be following their every move because of their role, right? Uh, because they are role models to, to young kids and that they, they are the future stars. So these, these are kids with good heads on their shoulders, so I don't worry too much about them. But it, it, it does suck because these are also kids yeah. who, like you said, they've had this tournament postponed. They're already... Um, allegedly playing on a B team. I mean, like it's a pretty darn good B team, if that's the case. Um, yeah, they are missing stars, but um, this is a pretty incredible group that they've got together, and uh, I, I really do hope that they get the best possible experience here. Yeah, and the the B team is you know, and there there could be you could go down the alphabet in the first few letters, and this team would still be pretty good compared to the competition. But you're right, and it does feel like you know, I mean, the NHL is going to protect their you know, NHL teams are going to protect their asset, which is probably why you don't see a Shane Wright or you don't see an Owen Power, and you don't to see a, a Jake Neighbors or a Dylan Gunther. I know Gunther was coming off an injury, and you know, mm-hmm. for someone like Sebastian Cosa who had five who had four other Oil King teammates, and he's the only one. Yeah. And, uh, probably not the most comfortable environment for them or for anyone who played in that Christmas time period when the, the team was, you know, a much better team. Absolutely. And I don't know that it's 100% about the sexual assault allegations. Uh, I don't know that that's why NHL teams are keeping their players back. I mean, you look back to... Uh, I believe it was the 2020 tournament when Kirby Doc uh, broke his wrist. And he, he, he suffered from various injuries, but related injuries to that up until now. Now he's been traded to the, the Montreal Canadiens. So pl- teams are more, I, I personally believe that the teams are more concerned about their, their assets really um, being injured than, uh, than anything to do with the sexual assault allegations. I think that they're, they definitely would love to distance themselves and their player from anything related to Hockey Canada right now. Um, but it's also the timing. These clubs expect their players to be at training camp in mm-hmm. just over a month. So um, if, it's, if it's 
you can only do one or the other. These clubs want their players at training camp. Now, there are guys, including and especially Mason McTavish, who, who made a case to their teams and said, hey, this is really important to me. I want to play hockey. I'm, it's going to help me get into shape for training camp. It's going to help me be a better player. Um, and he's just dominating this tournament right now. Yeah, on a squad with Connor Bedard on it as well as we're joining yeah. uh, Gemma Carson Smith, uh, a fine sports writer for the Canadian Press here on 630 Chen Inside Sports, uh, talking about the World Juniors. Yeah, so let's talk about this team with Mason McTavish having just a, a tremendous tournament with seven goals, and Connor Bedard has three, but every goal he scored, I um, mean, their highlight reel. And, and yeah. I don't know what the story is. For me, it's it feels like the balance of offense has been what I would look at, but, but you've been there every game. You've talked to them. You've been around the team. What's your biggest storyline with Canada so far? Yeah, I would say I, I really agree. I think that we're seeing a really balanced offense. Um, there's, you're seeing eight, nine, ten guys hit the score sheet uh, in terms of goals and assists in, every, in, in these games, and, and that's impressive. It's not the same line dominating every, every shift, you know, uh, and, and it just shows the the depth of Canadian talent. Last night, what really impressed me was um, really Greg's play. He was just a freaking force, blocking shots, and he also had a goal and assist. And he like he was just um, that the they had two five on threes, and he was just you could tell he was getting some pretty serious uh, knocks in those shot blocks and and just giving it all. It was a very impressive performance by that young man. Um, it's it's And it seems like there's someone different every night kind of stepping up. Um, yeah, Mason McTavish leads the entire tournament in scoring with 13 points, but he's not been the only star. And Connor Bedard has this insane wrist shot. That, that goal last night was a thing of beauty. Um, mm-hmm. But he's... He's also not the the number one every night, you know? Um, and then we haven't even talked about Ken Johnson's lacrosse goal, which literally had me out of my seat. Um, it was the, the craziest thing I've ever seen. I was so excited. Um, and, and, and it's taken us how long into this call to talk about Ken Johnson. So that tells you about the depth <laughs> of this Canadian team. Um, and we haven't even talked about uh, the defenseman or uh, Dylan Gurrant, who's uh, just been a phenomenal uh, force and goal for them. Yeah, and Dylan Garon's played so well that, fortunately for a local uh, storyline, <laughs> that Sebastian Cosa is the backup <laughs> right now. But that's that's the way it goes in these tournaments. And uh, uh, Dave Cameron's writing the hot the hot hand right now. Um, okay, so they're playing Switzerland tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I think we would expect Canada to get by. So uh, you know, I don't want to overlook the Swiss because they can be very difficult to play against with their defensive nature. Um, the the Switzerland have a shot at slowing this game down a little bit before Canada takes off, and also does Sweden and the United States? Because yes, I'm kind of looking past Switzerland. <laughs> I'm pretty confident Canada will win. But does either Sweden or the U.S. if if they run into Canada, do they have a a chance to pose a, a threat for Canada, who hasn't been really threatened all that much in this tournament? Yeah, I I think that the two. Um speed bumps that Canada has seen were the first uh, few minutes against Czechia the other night, um, when it, which is the only time they have trailed in this tournament. They trailed um, by one goal for about 10 minutes. Um, and they overcame that little bit of adversity handily to come back for a 5-1 win. Um, and then last night, 
a, a pretty uh, penalty-filled third there, and you saw um, yeah. William Cooley get get tossed for a knee-on-knee hit. Um, you saw two stretches of five-on-three play, and they weathered that too. Yes, they gave up one uh, power play goal to Finland, but uh, the Finns have one of the best power plays in this tournament, so it, it wasn't a huge surprise, especially when you take five penalties. Um, so I think that we have seen a lot of resilience from this team, and I think that uh, they're well placed to go far in this tournament. I, I don't think that the Swiss will be a uh, um, a huge threat tomorrow. Um, again, you don't want to overlook anybody. Every game starts at 0-0, all those things. Um, but I think that they should move ahead to the semifinals pretty easily. Now, yeah. the semifinals get a little bit more complicated. Um, in the semifinals, we, we're expecting to see the four best teams at this tournament. And the other thing about the semifinals is that it's not a straight bracket. It, they get reseeded. So uh, the fact that um, uh, you might not see who you expect to see, uh, if Canada moves on, then they'll face the lowest team that's left in the tournament but that could Mm -hmm. be sweden right and sweden is not to be taken lightly um they they've been a little bit slow to start this tournament but it is august hockey i think that the longer you see teams in this tournament the the more dominant they're going to become if if they if the canadians come up against the americans at any point i think it's going to be a battle. Um, you have to remember that the Americans won the 2020 tournament and they've got a lot of um, really good pieces. Uh, so they, I wouldn't go hanging the gold medal around the Canadians next just yet. Um, but I think that they're definitely a force to, uh, to do battle with going ahead here. Yeah, no question. Well, it's going to wrap up now with starting with the quarterfinals tomorrow. And uh, Gemma, great to have you on the show. We'll have you on again. Uh, enjoy your time uh, back home before you got to head back to your, where is your home right now on the, uh, as you call it, the best coast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on. You betcha. Gemma Carsten-Smith, uh, sports writer for the Canadian Press and a uh, darn good one. Back uh, home in Edmonton. And uh, sister of Brianna Carson Smith, and Brianna does a great job. Gemma does a great job, and uh, it's just it was nice to have Gemma on the show tonight. All right, the Jays now losing four two. They're in the bottom of the seventh inning. Jays had a two run lead at one point. A uh, couple of homers from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That is the only offense that they've been able to muster this uh, this evening, and uh, not going very well for the Jays at the moment, is it? And as mentioned, playoffs start tomorrow, World Juniors, as Canada will take on Switzerland at 5 o'clock. Going to be a hot week, hot weekend for the Edmonton Marathon. We'll head to uh, the running room and talk with John Stanton after the news update here on 630 Chet Inside Sports. Campbell and for Wilkie.